0: to all right hello and welcome everyone to another chat and learn here with power to fly my name is mariella marie and as always super excited to roll into this next hour with you all i know we got folks who are joining us uh, steadily and surely so um i just wanted to make sure that folks could start with us on time which is why we're starting about one minute behind our said time here but without further ado i just want to go into some quick housekeeping rules so that we all feel comfortable and confident in this next hour um i like to start these conversations off by by reminding us even though we don't need any reminders that lots of crazy things going on in the world seems like things are topsy-turvy seems like the world is on fire you could be doing anything else right now at your time but you're deciding to spend your time with us intentionally for the hour, so I just want to say thank you, I see you, I appreciate you, uh, and we would love for you to participate to really maximize this time together. Um, you can do that by turning your cameras on, you can put your pronouns behind your name, um, you can hop off mute whenever you want. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise, uh, but I can't stress enough, and actually I'm going to sound like a broken record in this hour because I want to hear from you, so hop off mute whenever you have something to share, um, use the chat box, write down any reflections, any dreams that you've had last night, any tips and tricks of your own, uh, and I will flag that to our guest speaker. Um, If you have any sensitive information and you prefer to be kept anonymous, you can find me in the chat box under Mariella Marie, you can write to me privately, uh, and I will flag your reflection or your question to our guest speaker. Um, And this is being recorded, so if you do hop off, you will be featured in our live recording, Um, and this is a good opportunity to invite you all to be present with us so that you can actually participate. So I know that you all are queens and kings of multitasking, but I invite you to be present with us in this next Hours so that you can hop off mute or write in the chat box uh, whenever something comes to mind. And then you can rewatch this video later on Power to Fly and then you can take notes vigorously there and open as many tabs as you like. Um, the last thing that I'll say is we'd love for you to follow us on socials and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats we've got in store. Um, and that's a great opportunity for me to introduce myself briefly for those of you who are joining for the first time. Uh, I have the pleasure of interviewing great thought leaders uh, here at Power to Fly throughout the week. Um, and I love bringing our conversation conversation to reflect a little more on how we can deepen our emotional intelligence so uh, you might hear me reflecting on that throughout this hour and I invite you to philosophize with me as well um, and I invite you also to support the project that I'm working on that is called the positive force team you can go to the positiveforceteam.org, sign up for our newsletter um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn and I'm happy to chat there All right, so now I'm gonna pass the mic to our guest speaker who's calling from Boston. Kate, let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to learn about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Kate Anderson. It's so nice to be here. Such a pleasure to be here with this audience. I've actually known about Power to Fly for, I don't know, a handful of years now. I followed the work that you do. I am co-founder of iFundWomen, which is a startup funding marketplace for female entrepreneurs. So I'm always just keeping my finger on the pulse of what's happening in the world of women, working women, working moms, what does that all look like? um, And how can we make the world a little bit of a better place? So I think we do that by sharing information, by sharing wisdom, by sharing connections, um, what's worked and what hasn't worked. I think that that is a, a new currency that we have. That women are now really seeing that they can flex those muscles or utilize that currency to help move each other um, further along in our own careers. Awesome. So I know you're going to
0: drop a lot of knowledge uh, and share more of your personal story as we roll through the questions that folks have submitted previous to this conversation. Uh, But before we jump into those questions, I'd love for you to cover the principal themes Mm -hmm. that you plan on covering this next hour.
1: Yeah, so hopefully we'll have time to cover all of these. But the principal themes we're going to cover in today's conversation are how to identify your company's mission and values, how to choose the perfect candidate for your company and how to design the perfect onboarding process and how to build a company culture that you want your employees employees will want to promote. So hopefully we'll touch on all of those, but I'm really here to answer all of the questions that you have. Um, But I also think that this is fun if it's interactive. So I like if other people are asking questions and sharing wisdom as well in the chat, that's gonna make it super fun for all of us. Yes, so um, another invitation for you all to turn your cameras on if you feel called to
0: do so, uh, or to go ahead and write in the chat box. I'd love to know where you all are calling from. I see more and more people are joining the call. So you can just write in the chat box, let us know where you are in the world. Kate is calling from Boston. Uh, I'm calling from Patagonia and Argentina. Um, And so we would love to just give you all a shout out here. Okay, I see we got New York City representing, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, Buenos Aires as well. Great, so thank you all for for going uh, and getting that chat box heated up, Um, North Carolina. Awesome. Kentucky, great. So let's start uh, with the questions that you all have submitted previous to this chat. Um, And if you hear your question come up, we would love to know that you're here with us on the line. Um, And uh, if it's not your question, we still want to hear from you. Can't stress enough. You know, uh, I know that a lot of these questions will uh, ring true for a lot of us here. So as Kate mentioned, we really want you to participate. So Kate, let's start with this first question here. What is the best way to re-engage employees when the previous manager's actions and inactions Cause them to become disengaged.
1: Yeah. So I had, since you talked about bringing up personal experiences, we had a previous manager who left at I Fund Women, um, and I inherited her team. Um, and it, that's a big thing to have happen because I think whenever that happens, people have their own past experiences with a manager um, and past relationships, both good and bad. So you're coming in and you're you're. What I did to my team is I said I will be very honest with you, I will give you information as I have it, I'm not always going to have answers to questions. Um, but we actually kicked off our relationship together by reading a book dare to lead by Brene Brown, which I highly recommend for everybody if you've not read it it's phenomenal to read, and we did a book group for our organization. Um, there were six of us in there. and coming together and reading a book together. um, And and I can highly recommend Dare to Lead as a book to read with like a a work book club, because they're already pre-populated questions. Like it's intended to read as a book club. So they do the work for you, but it allowed us to create immediately an intimate relationship with each other. We were sharing ideas of how we show up to work, what motivates us. I remember one of my colleagues saying that whenever anybody says like, you know, I want to talk to you, that she's afraid that people are going to fire her. And, and that sharing that intimacy really gave me perspective on how different people come to work and how to manage all of those different personalities. But it also, I think, kind of created this breaking point of the past manager and then a new person coming in of saying like, let's kind of get real intimate with each other. And by intimate, I mean like really being vulnerable with each other. And let's forge a new way. And then I also made super clear that like, these are my expectations and what happened before, while I want to acknowledge that there's nothing I can do about what happened before, both good or bad. So let's kind of start our own relationship together and try to make it be as positive as possible. And I think that really helps. I think that understanding what each person's own personal kind of like, attitude as it pertains to work is is really critical you're saying so many things that are making my mind just
0: work uh and chew on for example emotional intelligence which is what i love to speak about um this self-awareness factor of you know let's read something on our own and come together as a group uh, to discuss what's on our mind we do this at the positive force team as well because um it's it's less um I guess, fear-inducing to talk about these big isms, right? Sexism, racism, uh, just kind of off the jump. And it's it's easier to flow into it by, you know, having a film club or a book club and then coming together as a team or a group and talking about some of the themes that we saw, you know, in the film or in the book, and then bringing that to, let's say the workspace, for example, um, and being able to navigate through those, those waters. Um, I love that you're also highlighting that every person is different, you know, uh, and so, being intentional about getting to know that person, uh, so that you can essentially craft, uh, you know, the 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 way. That the, that that their structure will go, and also how they will be able to freely give their gifts and their talent to the to the to the to the task at hand. So I really appreciate that reflection. Um, this next question uh, builds on that first question. So let's talk a little bit about trust and confidence. So this this question, if this if you're on the line and this is your question, I would love to hear from you. How do you build trust and confidence as a first-time manager?
1: Yeah. So I mean, this was truly for me reading. So I had been at iPhone women for a long time and had managed people, but I basically inherited a team of six people. So how do you build trust? I mean, Brene Brown's book, like going back to that really helped trust is built in many small actions. It is built by remembering the names of your employees, spouses and remembering their birthdays. It is built in knowing you know, checking in to see how they're doing, calling them to say hello. Um, and confidence is built in that way as well. I think, you know, if I could give the best advice at all about managing a team, it's to remember what it's like to be an employee and, and managed. And how does somebody make you feel good? And how do they make you feel like you are just a cog in a wheel? And we never want to feel that way at all. Um, and trust is, you know, it, it takes a long time to build up and it can really be taken away in just a moment. Um, I think also trust comes with psychological safety. I said to my team, like, this was one of the real tenets we took away from Brene Brown's book that, that don't have an issue that is festering that you don't bring up. I've created a place of psychological safety, which means I've said, like, if you bring something up, you will not get blamed for it. I will not hold it against you. I will not have the answers. I can't promise that I'll always have the answers, but I will not bring it, hold it against you. But don't come at me later and say, well, this has been going on for so long. Like, and and this is something, you know, I am working on myself and my career, but is addressing an issue right when it happens so that it doesn't become like a way bigger thing. And typically, when you can do that, that can also create trust. I came to you with an issue, you handled it, or you didn't handle it, but you addressed it with me. And then we moved forward. And so I think that building trust and confidence comes down to just small moments. And it's not, you never build trust with someone the first day that you're with them. I, I've given this example to people before that um, I have three little kids. And if you, we have a new kind of nanny watching our kid, the first day I'm going to say like, you know let me know where you guys are going. She might not know where to go. So I'll give her instructions of, let me know when you're leaving and what playground you're going to. But if I wake up in the morning and my husband has taken our kids out, I'm not asking him where they are. I trust him. I don't need to know. And trust and communication are are completely linked to each other. When you have trust, you don't need communication. You, you understand that whatever is happening, you don't need further explanation. But when you don't have trust, and this is how all relationships start off, there's typically no trust. Um, trust hasn't been established yet. You need to communicate all of the time because you don't trust that that person is going to do exactly what you want them to do, and having no trust is is not a bad thing. But you want to over communicate so that then the kind of the um, balance shifts: more trust, less communication needed. I love the that you're
0: highlighting communication um, as a as a you know leading factor, and also empathy as you communicate so that you uh, you know can put yourself in the other person's shoes. And you started off by saying you know the best way to manage is to remember how you know, how it feels to be managed and, yeah. you know, pull out the gems that, that allowed you to shine uh, and implement that into, to your leadership. Um I love that you're, you're using that to reflect. Do you personally, um because I've heard of people keeping like a brag folder or like a little journal and just to kind of remind themselves of like their wins on, let's say, like, you know, how they were able to su- successfully manage a team to do X, Y, and Z so that when times get hard and, you know, lots of emotions are flying around or lots of things, crazy things are going on in the world, we can remember, okay, these are my pills this is how I can make sure that I'm still being a good leader, despite, you know, the odds. Um, how can someone make sure that they are keeping track of their progress? Um, do you recommend writing? Do you recommend, you know, um, I guess, mentorship even? What do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I think that there are a lot of things. I, I've saved every letter that has gotten written to me from either an employee or from an entrepreneur. We've had at iFundWomen. Um, Women has had the great fortune this past year of being able to give out grants to many entrepreneurs of our, on our platform, including we gave a hundred, um, black women owned businesses, grants of $25,000. And there was an ad taken out in the New York times to show that. Um, and so I have that pinned up on the bulletin board of my house where we also pin up, you know, if the kids get, um, like an accolade at school, that's pinned up because I think it's important for them to see what I'm doing. And it's important for me to see like, this is the work that we're doing. Um, and then I I am always trying to be better as a manager. So while it's nice to see those co- compliments, I also continue to try to continue to do better and continue to grow and continue to learn. And I think the thing that's hard is people problems are pretty imminent. You don't have... Um, you Don't always have a heads up of when they're gonna come. And when they come, they're really critical. And and it really matters how you deal with them. So you're constantly being tested and you won't always respond in the right way. That's impossible to. But I have the good fortune of having three kids who have um really immediate needs that that you know are critical for them at that moment in time. And so I get a lot of practice about how to listen and respond to what their needs are. Um, and it's the same with a team. You have to listen to people's needs at that time and also know like you know, the decisions that you make, what is the other team going to think about it? And it's the same with having kids. Like if I say one thing to one kid, I mean, there's nobody more than kids that are going to call you out for being unfair about something. So thinking about how does this impact every kid in our family, this one decision, and you're not going to get it right all of the time. You probably get it wrong a lot of the time, but really being aware of those different implications, I think is really helpful. Awesome.
0: Thank you for diving in deep there. Um, and I just want to remind our live callers, we would love to hear from you. And actually, just to see where you are in your journeys, I would love to, for you to drop in the chat box. Um, where are you uh, in your journey of, you know, management? Are you currently, you know, making a career pivot? Are you currently starting your own business? Um, are you currently a manager, but looking to, you know, get through all of the things that this past, you know, year and a half have, have presented us with? Uh, we would love to know where you are in the world. And then I'll fly that to our guest speaker so that she can really dive in deeper on these questions based on you know where you are um and as folks are writing that in the chat box let's move on to this question here since there is no perfect team what advice do you have on finding and selecting team members that can best represent the type of excellence we need for our business to be successful
1: yeah i got this advice in my first job and i loved it is that there are things that are teachable and there are things that are not teachable and you have to know those skills for yourself. What are the things that are critical for you um, that are not teachable? So for us at I Fund Women, for the people in the beginning, was it was really a team player mentality. I've always played sports my whole life. Um, I'm one of four siblings. I've always been a believer of a team player mindset. We are all working towards the same goal. You cannot do it alone. You need team members. Um, and you want people that are unified around the same goal. So If I'm having a bad day, or able to pick up the slack or able to work on a project at the last minute. Those are some of the skills that are not teachable skills. You know, you can't teach someone not to be selfish. You can't teach someone to, you know, stop looking just out for themselves. But you can teach someone how to create a model in Excel, you can teach someone how to post on social media. So I think it's really worthwhile for every founder, because when you're a founder, the ethos of the company is a lot of your own personality. If you are a perfectionist, you should also hire people that are perfectionists or understand or be deliberate that this person might not be a perfectionist and I'm hoping that they'll balance me out. If you're not a perfectionist, like you might want to hire somebody that is you, I think it's one of the pieces of advice I give to people when I'm coaching them at iFundWomen Women um, is think about the things that are most critical to you and make sure the people that you're hiring, especially at the early stage, have those traits. So for example, one could be you are a stickler that people show up on time. And this was a real life conversation I had with an entrepreneur at iFundWomen. Women. And she said, I am. Um, but I don't have to show up on time, but I want my direct report to. And I said, that's not how it works. You set the tone. So also, first of all, I hate that mentality of like, I'm better than you and I don't have to do this. I, I immediately pushed back on her and said, like, I'm hearing some things that I think are going to create friction in this relationship. But you set the tone. If something's critical for you to start, you know, if, if you know it's a pet peeve that you get mad if people don't show up to a meeting on time, then say that. Be very crystal clear about that. Hire somebody who cares about that. Um, But I advise everybody to really think about what are the things that make you annoyed in your personal life or in any life. Make sure that you're hiring for people that don't have those traits. You can even bring those traits up Um, and make sure that it's a personality fit. Uh, because in the beginning it really is going to be a lot of personality and a lot of times especially for early stage founders they just need somebody that's like a jack of all trades or jill of all trades they need somebody hold on one moment hey bud i'm on a call right now
0: and life continues to very happen un- that. very let,
1: unprofessional all let them have a
0: cameo <laughs> they want a cameo <laughs> All right, so I see we've got folks writing in the chat box, letting us know uh, where they are in their journey. So thank you for that. I will flag that to Kate in just a few moments um, and continue writing, uh, letting me know uh, where you are in your journeys. I see some folks are writing to me privately as well. I'm happy for you all to uh, write to me privately if it's sensitive and I will flag that to Kate. Um, Okay. (laughs) Great.
1: We're having a mess over here, but that's okay. Don't worry. I love it. (laughs) I'm happy you to heard it, the next question.
0: And in, in, as you heard in my introduction, I love when cats make a cameo and walk across the computer screen, or kids come in the room and you know say like, "I want some personal time too." I know.
1: God <laughs> bless our au pair. So nice. We're all like stuck in a hot house today and. <laughs> And the kids can't not be close to me. Anyways, here to answer all future questions.
0: Okay, cool. Kate, so I'm going to flag what folks are writing in the chat box here um, as it relates to where they are in their journey. So private message here in the process of starting my own business, uh, Tommy writes, I'm going from a one woman team to having a group of contractors, currently three people supporting my business. Um, let's see. We've got another um, another journey here, moving into raising money with I Fund Women crowdfunding campaign, so I can hire a part time employer. Right now, I'm hiring people through freelance work. Awesome. Um, Upfront art space rights. Our store has been open two years, and we're growing from a two women partnership to start hiring staff. Uh, Zule writes, "I recently tried to sign up for mentorship because I have many interests. So a part of me wants to jump in and skip remote work from another company, but another part wants, uh, but another part tells me that I have to go step by step. I have an online publication as potential to start a movement and work with world leaders. Awesome! And scripts that I want to sell and I want to own my own business." Uh, Hillary writes, I'm a founder and had a bunch of contractors with a revenue share, but now I want my own dedicated team and I'm looking for my co-founders. I'm launching an allergen-free meal delivery service. Awesome, um, and then I see that folks are commenting. Yes, feel free to use this opportunity to connect uh, and to start networking. Um, and thank you, everyone who are, who have dropped things in the chat box already. Cat, would you like to? Uh, Kate, sorry, would you like? Cat, I want a cat to walk across the screen. Like your kids came I in. I also fun. like. Yeah,
1: we don't have a cat here, so that won't happen. If that happens, we've <laughs> got a real problem.
0: <laughs> well, Kate, sorry about that. Kate, would yeah. you like to comment on any of these um, um, journeys here that have been dropped in the chat box?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so first of all, Hillary, I can answer yours. Um, you're looking for, um, a co-founder. I think a couple of things about that, I think really date before you're married, you don't necessarily need to bring a co-founder on it first. You can bring on an employee with the thought in your own head that this could become a co-founder, but that can allow you to see like, will this work? I mean, to me, I think a great analogy is like, bringing on a co-founder right off the way, the bat when you haven't started with a co-founder, right? Sometimes people start something together is like getting married right away, right? Like not going on any dates, not knowing like, do we jive well together when the shit hits the fan? Is this someone who's on my side or are they kind of see you? Um, That's what my attorney said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great advice. And then I also think you probably want someone That has food allergies or their kids have food allergies, like, especially for the start, you want someone that's like in the same space so they understand it as well it would be a disconnect to have someone not, you don't need to have all your employees in that, but I think for somebody as like a leader you want to make sure that they have the same level of commitment as you. That's the one thing I've been kind
2: of struggling with because I haven't really found anyone on my similar like medical journey that's really beat autoimmune disease and is really in the place to kind of drive a business forward and wants to do this. Um, But what I did find is that I could find people with life-threatening allergies. And so a lot of the people on my team, like my attorney, for example, have like life-threatening allergies. It's just not the same exact thing. So like you're saying. It really is important. It's just, it's kind of tricky. I was thinking about finding like a supply chain manager (laughs) that would be like something out of Amazon or something. Um, But that is a really good idea.
1: Yeah, it's just having somebody come on in in a capacity and then then when you've worked well together, bringing them on, because I think it's harder to get yourself out of a marriage, right? Like getting divorced (laughs) is more costly. Having a co-founder leave is more challenging um, than trying to navigate things you know, at first. So I think that that's, um, that would be my advice there. Thank you. Um, awesome. And Hillary, thank you so much for hopping
0: off meet. I know you had uh, submitted a question as well. Do you just want to voice your question now?
2: <laughs> it's kind of complicated about uh, my workforce. Yeah. Um, well, it's a little bit more like out of the box of a question. Um, But I was kind of wondering in terms of like creating a workforce, I was watching this docu-series on Studio 54 and I really loved how like Ian Schrager was able to kind of capture the energy in New York City and like make this all-inclusive and like accepting haven where like everyone came and like picked it up sort of like to another level. Um, And I'd really like to embody a super creative culture, uh, especially for like Touching on all your senses and having my employees really get engaged and creating this like really phenomenal experience uh, for the service, um, but you know I know that requires some stars and like really interesting people to bring in, so I get that kind of you know expansive energy. And I was wondering if there are like some tips you have on that, and, like how to
1: like spice it up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to take the question and like make it applicable to everyone. So you're wondering how to like spice up your workplace is that it um yeah and kind of like have a really innovative
2: culture that's like really inviting accepting inclusive where everyone feels really free but like it's like you know this is the spot and like everyone wants to come like there's a drive to come yeah I think
1: you model that behavior I think any of the behavior we want like we model it so if that's what you want, then that might mean that your schedule is not a nine to five schedule that you are building in days of your schedule where there are no meetings, where it's just creative brainstorming all day, that you dedicate a lot of work time to, you know, crazy big ideas, like letting anybody present, like what's your crazy idea that might be ridiculous, but can we do it? It's a a lot of these Things are going to come down to what the founder's mentality is like. What are the things that they care about? And if you prioritize that, then you will hire people for that and your team will. But if you talk about it and not prioritize it, then it's just you know something you're paying lip service to. That's really
2: a really good pointer.
1: Um, I saw Tierra's question about how do you find out if people have traits that you want to avoid? We tend to put our best foot forward in interviews. I think you can ask questions. You're, you're going to get better at this. Um, in like in general, you're going to find people after a while that you know that are going to work with you better than others. Um, and you will get, get things wrong along the way. What I think a lot of, I see at women our audience forgets about is like some of the best people to get started with are people in your own personal network. So I think we think like, oh, I'm hiring a co-founder. Let me go out to... LinkedIn, instead of saying, well, why aren't you posting on your own Facebook? Why aren't you asking your network? Because that's where you might find someone that's going to be a great person to start off with. Um, If you are starting off with, you know, like a random person, I think that's going to be harder. So I think a friend of a friend, uh, any of those kind of different relationships will help to make sure that you're bringing in like the right person for, for the role.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that, Kate. So I'm going to move into uh, some of the previously submitted questions unless someone uh, wants to hop off mute. I will leave a light pause to see if someone else has the courage to hop off mute and voice their question or their reflection. Sometimes it works. Okay, but don't worry, you have time. We have 30 minutes left. So I'm gonna bounce back to these questions that were previously submitted. Um, okay, so let's talk about employee retention. What are the best strategies for employee retention? Of course, people will leave, but what's the best method for balancing leadership and micromanagement? How can we promote healthy boundaries and a work-life balance? There's a couple yeah. questions in one. So I love that this person took the opportunity to go deep there. <laughs>
1: So I actually heard a quote the other day from Jeff Bezos, hate him or love him. I thought this was an interesting quote that he was talking about how he doesn't believe in work-life balance. He said, if people are happy in their personal lives, then they show up to work happy. And if they're happy in their work lives, then they go home happy. I did share it with some friends and I got some real pushback from people that didn't agree with that. But I think it's an interesting outlook of like. Are you, first of all, encouraging people to have a life outside of work? That's going to increase people's ability to stay at a job. Do they see a future there? And this is very hard for startups. Um, and we hear this a lot. Like, what is my future? Yes, Zulai, he said it was a circle. Like, And I thought that was such a good analogy of like, it's just not one or the other. It's you're constantly doing both um, and making sure you find time for both. Um, are you... Um are one of the sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, but I think one of the things people ask a lot, like, what is my future? What do the next five years look like for me here at IFEN Women, for example? And and it's a hard question because sometimes you're like, well, we're four years old. I don't know what the next five years look like. I really just don't. And I think that sometimes it's hard to define that. And in some ways, I think when you're at a startup and you're trying to craft your future there, I think it's a little bit misguided because I think that that you do go into something knowing that there is no future yet. You're creating the future every step of the way. Um, But I think that what can you do as a manager to like increase longevity, set good examples. Like my team knows when I go on vacation, I delete my email from my phone. I delete Slack from my phone. If somebody needs to get in touch with me, they need to get in touch with me. Not they want to, they can phone me. They can call me on the telephone. They cannot text me and I don't have anything else. And everyone's like, that's so crazy, but it's not. Like I have like a life with my family and I also only have one cell phone. So I think in some places like, you know, bigger corporations, people have like a work phone which they're able to disconnect. But I do not reach out to people when they are on vacation if it can be avoided. uh, Sometimes with my co-founders, it can't be avoided. Um, And I also firmly tell my team that I am paying their vacation. And if they are on Slack, I'm annoyed with that, that I find that to be unacceptable behavior. It's a, it's a bad example. It's not vacation. Like, and, and I think what it really shows, and I've laid the hammer down with people is that you're, you're not good at managing your own time because, and it's different. I realize there are some circumstances that are different. There are some days where we don't have childcare coverage. Maybe our au pair is going someplace and my, myself or my husband will take the day off. And we will work when our kids are not there because we can kind of fit some time in. But if you are taking a week off of vacation, this happens all of the time at work. That people will say, "I'll check in at Slack or email me if you need anything." And and I push back, but I don't know that everyone does to say, "Absolutely not." Set up an out of office and have a plan. And and inevitably at a startup, sometimes it's this is the point person for this, and this stuff will not be taken care of until I get back, and that's okay. Like. You're not that important. And I think that's for a lot of people where they have a disconnect of like, they can't disconnect themselves from work. But what I, where I think it's a miss is, then don't come at me and say, you're burnt out. Like, because you made a choice to work on your vacation and I was not telling you to do that. Um, and so I, and that was one of the things I did when I came on as a manager that I said, like, people are not working when they're on vacation. I'm not paying for vacation days for you to be working as well. Because when you get time away from work, you show up to work in a better place. And I think that's kind of what Jeff Bezos point was like, if I have a weekend, that is like a great weekend, I show up on Monday rejuvenated. If I go away for a week, I show up on Monday, like ready to work. Um, But if you feel like all weekend long, you did work, and you went on vacation, and you were working, guess what, you become resentful. And, And I think that a lot of times we forget that like we're probably propagating our own problems. That we are the ones we think that we need to be working. And, and as a result, I don't think people realize how bad of a habit it is to say like, I'm on vacation, but I'll be checking in. Just to actually like dive into that a little bit more. If you're a manager and you do that, it's really disruptive to your team because it's very, it's one thing if you know, okay, they are out of the office. So we're handling things. But I think to have somebody Slacking or emailing like every once in a while, like is very disruptive. Um, second, if you are a team member and you do that, that creates a competitive level with your teammates. That makes they, them think that they also need to do the same, that they need to um, be on call when they're not. Um, and I think as a manager too, if that's the example you set, then that's what your team does. And that's a bad example to set. And I think when you really think about it from the idea of I'm paying for this person to be on vacation, yet they're not, and so they're not rejuvenated, like is terrible. And I agree. Slack's delayed messaging is so is a great feature um, for respecting time. Evelyn, that's a great point. Um, I think there are also a lot of things in the startup world like that that you should be aware of. You can send emails so they can show up at eight o'clock in someone's inbox inevitably and this is true for me like sometimes I'm like catching up at work at 10 o'clock at night but if I'm emailing my team at 10 o'clock at night that sends a very bad vibe but inevitably like some days are just like that so schedule an email at eight in the morning sometimes I schedule it at six in the morning so people think I'm an early riser I'm not um but that's my way of being like passive aggressive of like oh I was up so early sending all these emails um but be mindful, like when you're reaching out to people that then they feel like they have to respond and that's challenging.
0: Thank you so much, Kate. Uh, I really respect your um, your call to action on, you know, creating your boundaries that will then demonstrate to others, you know, how to keep that balance. And I, I like the word balance um, in the sense of, you know, just in general, I feel like we have a lot of learning to do uh, how we can just bring things more to a balance um, you know within our bodies in our homes at work in general. Um, I won't uh, debate uh, Bezos d- about his, uh, about his theory. I do like the idea of this like circular you know everything is in my opinion you know goes through cycles so that also allows us to reflect on okay let me also go through my cycle to make sure that I'm not experiencing burnout um, and that I can put my best foot forward. Um, let's move on to another question here. When should you decide to hire a team a small business? If you're crowdfunding for your startup, should you account for funds that would be used for hires or does that come with revenue? How do you budget for multiple hires that would happen around the same time?
1: Yeah. So I would not think of hiring a team until you have a budget to hire a team. I would start with baby steps and baby steps are going to allow you to understand like where you're really strong as a manager and where you're not strong as a manager. Um, the idea of going from zero to five is a little bit scary. Like you are now a manager for five people. That takes time. I think people forget a lot of the time that when you're a manager, managing people is your job. And so that it's going to take a lot of time and to get that, like, you know, for example, five, five people up to speed at the same time is going to take a lot of time. I highly recommend starting with one person and then expanding from there. And you're going to learn, like, what was I not clear on before? I, I highly recommend keeping a checklist of what are the things you need from onboarding someone? Okay, I need an email address for them. I need to invite them to Slack. I need to create an employee manual, or whatever those things are, so that you're crystal clear as you bring more people on, because you're just going to get better. And you're not, it, it's a complete learning curve, but you also have to kind of learn quickly because you have people's salaries and you have people's livelihood on the line. So I would not recommend bringing on five people. I would recommend starting small and then adding more people.
0: And I would love to know for the folks who are on the line right now uh, live with us, um, are you currently a one-person show? How many people are you managing currently? Uh, Is it a little overwhelming? Do you want to come back? Like, Let me know where you are on your journey there so that I can flag that to Kate and she can um, let you know her two cents and and give you some advice there. Um, For now, let's move on to this next question as folks are writing in the chat box. I can only pay commissions right now. Who should be a priority to hire? A sales force or a virtual assistant?
1: You know, I get this question all of the time. So I, here's how I take to answer it. If you are the best seller, then hire a virtual assistant to do the work that you're not good at doing or an operations associate or something. If you're not a great seller and you need people selling, then you need to hire a sales team. So you need to figure out like what is, what is the right position to hire for. But typically in the early days, it has to drive revenue. So it's either you're great at driving revenue or you're not, and you bring people in that are great at um, at revenue. I always am mindful like it's very hard if you're not making any money to bring people on. In that case, like you probably need to bring someone junior on. Like that's going to be where you have like the area. And I think really leaning into what do they get there? Like they can have a lot of flexibility. Do not ask somebody to come on nine to five five days a week and they're only getting commission. Like just put yourself in their shoes. Like you wouldn't take that job either. So don't ask somebody else to do that, but also be mindful. Like this is where we are right now. And, and as soon as we get money coming in the door, like this is where we will be. Um, so that people want to stay and they feel like there is, you know, room for them to grow, but just always be like, as I said, be mindful of like, This is someone's livelihood. So like, don't mess around with that. And I think that that's why it's easier to have somebody who is more junior than someone who's senior. Like you can't bring on somebody who has kids that's going to take a job that's only going to pay commission. Awesome.
0: Okay, so what about this next question here? What is your perspective on in-house hiring versus part-time contractor? We're self-funded, so I'm cognizant about pay.
1: Yeah. So I know a lot of people that start off with contractors. um, Definitely talk to a lawyer about this. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Contractor rules are different in different states. Do not bring a contractor on who is a full-time employee. Typically, the general rules of contractors, but like talk to a lawyer about this is they can work their own hours. They can work from wherever they want, which COVID has kind of cracked open. That doesn't mean they can never be in the office, but you can't expect that every day they're in the office. They have to have their own equipment. um, So all of those um, are kind of like factors. They typically have to track their own hours. So it's not like they're working nine to five every day, but a lot of people start with contractors because they just can't afford payroll and all of these things. But if the person is working in a full-time capacity, then you have to pay payroll. If not payroll taxes, you can get sued and that won't be good for your company. So, so start off, I think in a, in a, contractor capacity and then as work gets busier then you bring people on in a bigger in a bigger way
0: beautifully said okay so we have some live questions coming up here let's start with this first one how to really motivate yourself to manage people when you yourself are going through a funk
1: that's a great question um That's a really, really great question. And it's something like I can relate to sometimes. I think sometimes you have your own issues at work or your own issues in your personal life. Um, I will say that giving back makes a big difference. Um, Really cheerleading your people on. If you're feeling down, but you can really lift other people up, that's gonna feel good. Disconnecting yourself from work can help as well. Like having other parts, other things that you're interested in separate from work that define you will really help. Volunteering, exercising, spending time with friends um, will help, but know that like, you know, you're showing up for your employees. um, So making sure that they feel confident in your ability to lead. And sometimes you just have to fake it. Sometimes you just have to fake it. And other times I think it's okay to be like, listen, I'm having a bad day. This has nothing to do with you, but I also don't want you to think it has to do with you. And that happens. And I had to say that to our au pair the other day that I was like, I have some bad stuff going on in my personal life. And I just want you to know if I'm short or I'm upset or anything, it has nothing to do with you. It's just what I'm dealing with. And I think that people will give us a lot of grace for that. Um, but, you know, if you snap at someone, cause you're dealing with like BS, that's not fair to them. You're showing up to them in a bad way. And so I think sometimes just starting things off to say, "I just want to let you know I'm going through some stuff. As a result, I might be tense, or I might be this, and this is how you can help. You know, I, I need you to take over this thing." Or um, I need you to just show me a little bit of grace. And I think we are all humans and can understand that, and I think then we can like act accordingly.
0: I love the transparency piece as well. Um, and i I would hope that that would lend to modeling as well so that you can show other people when they're having a when they're in a funk and having a bad day to just start off with that you know, hey just so you know I'm going through this. if you're interested in helping me out, you could help out by X, y, and Z to kind of like lead the person to um, you know support you and not feel like you know they're being. Uh, a burden on you or not to overwhelm them because you're going through a funk. i al- I also recommend, I mean, this is what I do personally is I try to uh, have a moment of silence so that I can, you know, just observe the sensations in my body so that I don't just spit, spit out fire. <laughs> you know, if I'm going through a funk, I don't want to spit out fire and then, you know, hurt someone else or hurt yeah. myself. So I just have a, like a moment of reflection um, and then I connect and reconnect with the purpose so that I can then come out of that funk and at least for those 30 minutes, hour, two hours, however long I need to work and focus, I can remember, okay, this is my purpose. This is what I, this is why I initially wanted to do this. So yeah. at least I can kind of like clear away the the smoke and mirrors and at least, you know, give, give my focus and time to that yeah. moment. Um, Kate, do you wanna respond to any of that?
1: <laughs> no, I think that's exactly right. And I think it's important to remember, like we are all humans and we all have our own stuff going on. And I think that there's a lot to be said for being empathetic to people. Like, I think, you know, like my kids come in here, well, they're home, like we're, you know, they're so excited to see me all of the time. Um, So I think that showing that you have another life, that you have other stuff going on, setting clear boundaries and all of those things. And I think sometimes boundaries are being honest to say, I'm having a really bad day. This has nothing to do with anybody at work or, you know, or does, but I just need, I just want you to know that. Um, I think that we can, show up better for other people when we know that and you don't need to delve into details but i think just letting people know um i also think in all aspects of our life and i could definitely you know do better at this in some aspects but like nobody is a mind reader nobody at all is a mind reader so if you're bothered by something share it like let the person know that's a that's a kind and loving thing to do Uh, to be clear, clear as kind. That's what Brene Brown says, but let the person know so that they are aware of what's going on. I think that um, I have in my personal life gotten better at saying like to my husband, like, I'm just having a bad day today. So it's just not you. It's just like how I'm feeling. Like, and, and I think that that can give someone a heads up or like, I need some time by myself, or I need to go for a run when I get home from work. I think any of those things there, they're also, I think, as an employer, as a manager, you're showing good behavior. You're teaching your employees how to also show up at work, that it is okay to say, I'm having a tough day. Um, at the end of it, all family is the most important thing and, and addressing those issues in a good way are, are really critical. And I think that we need to you know, be mindful of, of that for people
0: and especially with the past you know recent times that the whole world has experienced yeah. of course we're all going through funk's and i think yeah. that if we can practice this in, on an individual level and you know and share that with our immediate you know community whether that be at work or at, with our family or in our neighborhood Um, that will just loosen up the tension and just give that grace period of, okay, yeah, let's just breathe. We're all going through some tough times. Uh, Today, you know, it's your time. Tomorrow might be my time. And I hope that you give me the same respect that I'm giving you now. Um, Perfect. So we've got just a little over 10 minutes, everyone. So I just want to let everyone on the call know we've got a little over 10 minutes. So if you haven't had a chance yet uh, to drop things in the chat box, now's your time to shine. And uh, also if you'd like to hop off mute, I would love to hear from you. Um, We have something, uh, a couple of things that are in the chat box here i'm just going to flag so tommy writes my business is a media company and i do um and i do want my first hire to be a revenue driven or to be revenue driven i do want my first hire to be revenue driven i'm thinking that would be finding and securing brand
1: partnerships what should i look for in that hire somebody who's had experience doing that before but sometimes you know it's not going to be that sometimes it's just someone who's going to be really scrappy and can just reach out to a bunch of people um in general when you're just getting started and you don't have connections like you're gonna try to like you just need to secure some brand partnership and it might be hard to find someone who has a lot of connections to be able to do this um but i would make like especially for someone getting started i would make them get a big commission right like don't have a deal where they're getting like a five percent commission it might be like forty percent that they're getting to start so that, or 30%, so that they are really incentivized to do that.
0: I love that. And I think you mentioned in the beginning of this conversation, uh, you didn't quite say social capital, but that is something that is buzzing around these days. You know, maybe you don't have the financial capital, but you have the social capital and how can we put our network, you know, to work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm
1: -hmm. And asking people saying like, You know, I think put it out there on Facebook or any networking groups you're a part of. I'm looking for connections to people that work at these companies. If you know of any like warm leads, I would love an introduction to them.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So I have a private message here. Someone is letting me know where they are uh, as far as their, their management journey. I had a team of seven plus consultants, but our revenue share got complicated uh, with my angel round, I realized I needed a dedicated team. I'm looking for a supply chain manager, master chef, finance, adver- advisory, and CTO. You want to comment on any of that, Kate?
1: Yeah, I think that that sounds like you're looking for a lot. And I think, first of all, you want to make sure you have enough capital to do all of that. That's a, like a big shift. Um, and I would really examine what do you need first? And I realize sometimes it's like, you might need everything, but like, do you need a CTO right off the bat or not? Do you need a master chef right off the bat? Like who is the person that you can hire that can move the needle um, drastically so that you don't need to bring on everybody at once. You can bring on some people.
0: Awesome, great advice. Okay, so another question here, what are some actionable steps we can take to being organized and delegating tasks efficiently?
1: Oh, this is hard um i think i think and it's something like i could get so much better at when you're offloading tasks to other people write down every step of the process put it in an email or something so that the person then has a record to look back on it and then ask the person to do it right away um so that they can do it or have them you know have them share their screen and you walk them through but have them do it so that there's a record of it we're a big fan of like putting things in writing and also recording conversations so that you can say, okay, let me do a screen record. So I'll show you how to do this. And then you do it right away. And then let me know if you have a questions, um, really letting people know clearly that it's okay to ask questions. Like I, I have seen this with some of our team members that they just don't want to ask questions. Like I'll always say like, go through and do it and let me know if you have questions, but I've noticed with some people, like they don't ask questions. And as a result, they make mistakes. And so I think having them go through it right away really, really helps so that they know what to do and then you can see it. And then no, for a lot of people, like it's not set it in it's not like one and done. I've done this a hundred times. Now you're doing this twice and you're perfect. So I think, you know, checking back in on the fifth time they've done it or something.
0: That accountability piece. Uh, And speaking of accountability uh, and just allyship in general, uh, what I like to do on these conversations is put some of these things into practice that our guest speaker is is talking about so i invite folks to drop their preferred way of connecting in the chat box if it's your linkedin or your website whatever you want us to connect with please drop that in the chat box and i encourage uh our live callers to you know click on a couple of those links and maybe you know do some active networking right now Um, i will start so that i can warm up the chat box but i do hope that everyone on this call uh finds a way to connect with folks here um and so since we've got about nine minutes left i'm going to hold for a light pause to see if someone like to hop off of mute and voice their question or reflection now's your time to shine all right sometimes it works um so let me let me move on actually to this next question here this is great how long would you recommend testing out someone before making them a co-founder and how would you structure that interim arrangement if you can only offer stock options or equity
1: yeah um i recommend like three to six months i think you'll kind of understand right off the bat if you guys vibe well together um i wouldn't necessarily make it an offer in the beginning of like you're just coming on as a co-founder um i would say like you're looking for somebody in this role on the flip side you're gonna have a hard time finding someone who's not gonna work for for no money um so I would just start putting it out there. I think like maybe my biggest advice is just start telling people about what you're doing and and seeing, you know, if someone's like, oh, that sounds awesome. The best people that are gonna work for you are gonna be people that are so on board um, with what it is you're doing and so excited about it. And like, you know, want to, like, if there's a role, that's how I find, found my job Um at our previous company before iFund Women, is I reached out to our CEO, Karen Kahn, and It's like, I love what you're doing. Let me know if there's any space where I can help out. And I worked at, in a really low level capacity to start, but I would have worked for free. Like I loved what they were doing. I thought it was so awesome. So don't kind of like, you know, dismiss that.
0: I love that. Don't dismiss that. Yeah. So we've, we've got about seven minutes left, Kate, anything that you want to make sure you uh, touch on? Um, and I know you can take us, you can take seven minutes, you can take two seconds. I do have some more questions, but I just want to you know check in with you before we run out of time. Is there anything else that you have found, you know, important, especially in, you know, the past 18 plus months uh, with COVID? Um, actually, Let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about how yeah. it has affected the way we work, the way we do business. Yeah. Um, can you give us some encouragement? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think we should be um, you know, keeping our antennas up for? Yeah. Um, and, and how can we take care of ourselves and our teams?
1: Those are great questions. Um, first of all, I will say, I think we are all well aware of the mess that COVID made for women in the workplace. Um, and it is really unfortunate. I am also, though, an optimist, and I think some positive things that have happened is it makes it um, we just realize that people have other lives outside of work that that are around. And my kids were around for most of COVID. They only went back to school like a couple months ago, and so they were around a lot. And and I was able to get my work done. I mean, we, we side we had a, a full time out pair, so that help that was what allowed that. But all of that to say is like we all have lives outside of work and I think respecting that makes a huge difference and so I think it a little bit created this space where like if somebody did have kids in the background it wasn't like you know a huge to do I think of that video um which so many of us saw like a couple years ago where the dad is doing an interview on BBC and the kids walking in the background like I think that that's just not embarrassing anymore it's just it's just not it's 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 an okay thing to have happen. Uh, so I think that is like a, a, positive, um, a positive experience. Um, a lot of it is, I think, a mess, and I think it's still working itself out. But I think just understanding that like people want flexibility, they want to not have to go to the office. Like I've always had that flexibility. But for example, my son had a doctor's appointment checkup today. I took him to it. You don't want to feel like, okay, now I took him to and Now I have to like rush back to get on the train to get downtown. Like, I think that a better situation is saying, you know what? I have a doctor's appointment for my kid. I'm just going to work from home. So I don't then have to commute at off hours or something like that. And just being respectful of people's ability to get their job done.
0: Absolutely, that flexibility piece, um, and I hope that more women and women of color uh, will be encouraged to, you know, start their own business um, and and projects. Especially as we see that, you know, um, to look at it in an optimistic way, as you as you are, Kate, uh, you know, we have a lot of opportunity to grow. Uh, and so, you know, historically speaking, women have not been able to start companies in the way that we yeah. can today. So I hope that you know we can use. Uh, the storm that we found ourselves in to create some, some um, you know, innovation uh, and, and network in a genuine way. I, I love what uh, women and women of color and non-binary people bring to the table in the workspace. Um, so hopefully we can be more inclusive. And I love all of the questions that folks have submitted here. Um, any food for thought you can leave us with, Kate, you've dropped so much knowledge already. Um, but we do have a couple more minutes left, so I don't I, I want you to yeah. you know, share any, any food for thought that we can keep in mind as we move forward in the world after this conversation.
1: I mean, I think going to what I said in the beginning is just always remember what it's like to be an employee. Never forget that. Um, for all managers, I think that sometimes we get frustrated and feel like, oh, people should just be doing what I want them to do. But if you can really remember that, like, okay, I'm an employee right now, and I'm hearing my manager say this, this is what I'm feeling. And, and also remember, like, when you're bringing people on full-time, like, this is their livelihood, Um, I think of this, like my husband works at a hospital, so way more established than a startup. And when they tell him something, you know, we're announcing promotions this week or raises I'm like checking every day. When is that happening? When is that happening? Like they said that they're going to do that. And we think sometimes at startups, we don't do that as much. It becomes like messier. Um, and just know that like your team is trusting what you're going to say. So do what you say you're going to say. And, um, and remember like, this is people's livelihood. So really respect that. It's an awesome responsibility and make sure you're treating people in that way.
0: Absolutely. So remind us how we can connect with you, Kate. Um, how can we support the great work that you're doing? If folks are interested in, you know, joining your, your movement, your organization, how, what's the process there? As
1: yeah, well? so you can go over, head over to ifundwomen.com to check out all of the offerings we have at iFundWomen. Um, we have coaching for entrepreneurs. We have grants. We have crowdfunding. So check them all out. I'll put it in the chat, ourfilmwomen.com. And then you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I just put my LinkedIn in the chat.
0: Awesome. Thank you everyone for joining this conversation. Um, I love all of the positive feedback we're getting here in the chat box. So it looks like you all are connecting with each other um, and taking um, a lot of Kate's uh, wisdom uh, and putting into practice. So uh, Kate, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you everyone for joining us. uh, And we'll see you on the next
1: chat. Perfect. Thank you so much. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me. Bye.